I'm Christoph. Um, I started out my entrepreneurial career around 2010 because I became very quickly bored in the whole financial industry. Mm -hmm. I'm in the investment banking, mm -hmm. um, mainly because it was, you know, I dealt, I had to deal with, with you know, with with the t when you're in the 20s and you have to deal mostly with people that are 65 or plus because they're sitting, you know, board, members of the boards and advisors in, in old industries. It's often, it's, it becomes quite boring quite quickly because you, are, you have a different drive, you have different motivations, you have different goals, right? And... Um, and you want to change things and that's often not not the right or that's often not the right people to talk to because they're more on the preserving side they want to preserve the status quo make some make some gains out of it but that's it um, so I figured that I also not really good at um, working for somebody per se so I need to have some entrepreneurial freedom and this is why the only reason why I'm also in personally in this um, involved with IBM because as a company they give they give me quite a lot of freedom of how I conduct my, my role and how I can you know position myself in that and create something out of it and that's very important for me um, that's also one of the reasons why I'm personally interested in this whole AI thing because this this whole hype around it is, is, is one thing it can of course uh, people some people are feared as we discussed today on stage um, some other people um, see a lot of opportunities in there, which I agree as well. Um, as a matter of fact, it's it's a very, it's a very let's say, it's actually a very dry topic because it's research. Algorithms have been out since 1998 or even before. Um, we had three eye winters. Um, we, we always it's it's always seen also by Hollywood as this thing of you know. The bright future, flying cars, everything works autonomously, and, and everything is great. Um, where I think it's it's a piece of a fundamental technology that that um, that will enable this in the future, but it's not the the only thing that we need to build on, and not the only thing that we need to be afraid about. And that is interesting from an entrepreneurial perspective because you have still a lot to discover. It's still a lot to try, to arrow, to, to, to figure out, to play with it. And um, that's the, the, interesting, the interesting part. Wow, you touched on, in like three minutes, you touched on basically everything. Uh, so thank you very much. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think there are a lot of topics we could really uh, dive, dive into and we will. Um, uh, um, can you can you quickly just sketch out for the listeners that don't know you um, uh, what were your professional stages uh, and what are you doing currently? Yeah. So they get a little bit more context. Yeah. So I was active in, in, in with two fintech startups before mm -hmm. um, 2010 to 2012. That also brought me out of Austria, where I'm originally mm -hmm. originally from to the United States, worked then there for a company that's now called GSV Labs, um, helped there to set up um, their investment programs and um, open innovation programs and accelerators, which we did with AT&T and with GE and, and, and so forth. Um, and then after, let's say, one and a half, two years being, being there and, and, and working with them, me and my family, we made a decision to move back to Europe from a cultural perspective. We, you know, kids had to go to school or to kindergarten at that point in time. And 
Um, we loved the drive there and we loved the culture, but it it didn't it didn't feel natural to be a part of this kind of way how they live, of this way of life, right? And you touched upon the work-life balance mm -hmm. before, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why I made the decision to go back to Europe. And um, after a couple of months, I quickly figured out that London was not the right place either because it was very hectic. It is a very huge city and it's, it's a bus all around. And coming from a very quiet rural area, actually, um, I need some time to think. I need time to calm down, to have quality time when in work, but also in, 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 in the private life. So um, then I, again in Europe I worked um, with accelerators from rock starts out in, in, in Amsterdam, the last one before IBM, I joined IBM and I was always involved in let's say creating something, products, products, I'm not, I'm not an engineer per se, you know I can code a little bit, um, I'm not a product designer per se but I love to design stuff and products so I'm always on the product side, I love the interaction between the people who are using something and then you know th um, gain value out of it and seeing how 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 can you make things better you know, it's, a, it's a very broad thing to say but i really like to shape things and that's also um, what i'm doing mostly now so you know from an investment perspective as a partner at ibm ventures um, i try to support the entrepreneurial community wherever i can um, in helping them to, you know, shape their products, shape their vision, and get this out to the people and see what impact it can have in their life. You have been at IBM Watson, if I uh, yeah. remember correctly, and then you moved now to IBM Ventures, yeah. right? Why that shift? Uh, can you quickly also elaborate? Maybe, yeah. maybe what is that a general IBM shift, or is it just a personal shift? It was a personal shift. Um, I think I haven't said that publicly before, but uh, it was always my intention to go to the ventures part. But we're, I knew we're not public here. No, no, right? no, no, we're no. very. No, it's okay. <laughs> I, just said, no, I didn't you say can to anybody share anything else. with us. <laughs> I didn't say that to anybody else, right? It's like um, I always thought, you know, I always had this intention to 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 see, you know, what is it like to work with a, with a big corporation on the venture side because you have so much resources and opportunities available and you actually have the funniest and coolest job in a corporation right because you're working on strategy you're working on the future of a company um, and you can really try to shape what's next for the company and for all the customers so the Watson part and was uh, a good and coincidental entry point for me to get to IBM, which also made fun and made sense. My affinity for AI, um, my, my kind of interest in, in this whole technology ecosystem, building what I did before on, you know, on, the, on the demand side, as a, you know, when running accelerators on the startup side, going to the supply side, um, struck me and that's why I took this step in between. But I engaged quite heavily already last year with the Ventures team and then this generally made this move into Ventures officially um, to really help them to understand the entrepreneurial community, to understand how to, how to help them and to understand what's the value that you know, both sides in such a collaboration can, can be created. And I mean, venture is just quickly, how is it structured? Is it just a really a corporate uh, venture capital fund, so as you would normally imagine, or is it? So IBM Ventures um, comes, I think it has been founded in 1998 as the venture capital group and it was 
it dealt with everything around um, licensing, um, entrepreneur residence programs, support of open innovation programs, down to fund of funds investments, etc. Um, now we are kind of revamping IBM Venture, Venture Capital Group into IBM Ventures, which be should become a very proactive supporter of the technology community out there. So we don't have a fund yet. Um, so we are investing through business units from the balance sheet. We had the one we have uh, have had the, um, the Watson Fund before, right? For example, where we did a couple of investments. Um, and the other part is that we are, of course, active in thought leadership, so the giving back culture, um, except you know, being at these kind of events, helping entrepreneurs to understand the impact of new technologies, for example. Um, also helping entrepreneurs with our developer advocacy team to be, be very hands-on on how to make use of these new technologies and gain value. And the other thing is, is special projects, mostly on the tech side, where this is actually the most interesting part for me, where you know, our research teams or our product development teams are talking to you know, the entrepreneurs as well, and they are exchanging you know, what's happening and what's going on. Both have visions, and then to see you know, how they can stimulate each other and how they can you know, use this kind of and, you know, insights in, 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 in either, on either markets, for example, to really create something new and hopefully something together. Mm -hmm. And if you talk about new, new technologies, uh, which you want to, want to talk about, what are you personally most interested in? That's I, I, mm. AI, I uh, get that. <laughs> uh, but also, um, what, is, what is IBM interested in? And what is really, what are the hot topics right now that you think that, um, that startups that come to you and you want to uh, support uh, should, should, should have somehow? Because these are tech companies, right? right? The deep tech. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good term that you mentioned, deep tech. I think that's what's, what's, what interests me the most. And what interests me the most are those technologies that I maybe know of, but I'm not really involved in yet. So to get to know what's the impact. So AI is one, of course, of them. Um, blockchain is another one where the, you know, the business applications to, um, to date are not, not that great, to be honest, right? So it will take another year, two years, three years until we see something that might really come out of that. But the implications of having an you know, enabling foundational decentralized database layer, um, you know, how this could shape economies, our economy, our society, or any kind of business that we conduct is something that's that excites me because it's change and I think change is very valuable and very necessary in our in, in part of, of of humanity and that's the next layer of, of how it can um, of change. Other things that I'm personally interested in are everything around renewable energy, energy sources, you know, batteries or, or you know how we store energy, how we create energy, how we make it use. Is that personal or is it also IBM that is interested in that? Uh, that's more personal. Okay. Right? Um, so we are we are looking from an IBM, we have our strategic imperatives from AI and cognitive over to FinTech blockchain, IoT, digital health, cloud infrastructure, mm -hmm. everything that you know IBM serves, provides and powers. Um, renewable energy is, is a personal one. Um, you know, agriculture technology is something that Very interesting, com yes. combines with, with IBM. F you know, food technology, whatever we call that. You know, uh, genomics kind of stuff. So, as IBM is, is kind of powering the, the core of you know of, of applications that are used in these areas, it most of the time I find a match here or there in order to pursue it or to justify that we're really investigating that.
Mm-hmm. So what I what I get is you've been on the let's say the normal corporate side before you moved to startups, worked on products, have been in various countries, and now moving more to the um, investor side or venture side. Um, uh, very uh, very product driven mm. uh, driven guy you know very technology I mean you are interested in a lot of or very broad set of technologies okay um, uh, uh, and then you start to build a community with uh, city AI yeah <laughs> you have to give some context you know what I mean like how does that fit in how everything fits in is that I'm personally interested what powers humanity in future. I think that's the common layer of it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's that's why it's energy, it's smartness, smart systems, it's distributed systems, etc. Um, CTI is, is a community to apply artif- of you know with the vision to empower people to apply artificial intelligence, basically to leverage the potential of it of AI. How does this fit in is that I saw and have attended from from an you know, event perspective and community perspective lots of discussions and events on the deep learning side where we discuss latency times of you know and, and other kind of things. On the other hand, we uh, you know, have this these discussions around singularity, you know, this philosophical approach: what happens if and when, and these kind of things, fear of AI and so mm-hmm. forth. Neither of them really satisfied my my interest in. Okay, sure. I understand both are important, but what is in the middle? These sixty percent, where you know, okay, let's nail it. What can we do with that now or in the future, near-term future? And that's why we we started with City Eye, basically to first discover what's going really going on. You know, how is it really applied? What can really be done these days? Then in the second, to connect the people that are doing something with it, so that they can start sharing the knowledge. Because you know, we know that developers or software engineers are not the most energetic um, community people to, to discuss and go out. But PhDs are maybe you know researchers, scientists, maybe are even worse. Um, so that's a good point to connect all these people together, even more with product people. Um, you know, the, you know, the most important people in a company, I think, are those who can envision how new types of technologies can be used in a specific company or in a specific setting. So bringing them together, having the chance to talk to somebody um, about that is very important. And then, of course, again, the giving back culture. So sharing hands-on experiences on, okay, I did this, this is what happened, that's the um, the outcome, you, you know, wasn't as expected, but this is what we did with that, and this is actually how you could think about it, what it, how it could help you. This kind of hands-on sharing is, is a core part, is the final core part to enable, to develop AI further and empower others. And it has grown, I mean, you started, I think, last summer, I think? Yes, we started, right? So basically, it's actually, it started out with a content curation site for news and stuff called Q-Disrupt in November 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, then I did this for a couple couple of months um, with, yeah, I would have to say, not really successfully because you know, it takes a lot of time. And then I figured out, but due to this, I figured out that you know, the community aspect is most important, the people behind that. So we said, okay, why not? We, you know, we saw lots of meetups coming, coming up and then we said, okay, why, why don't we do this in, in different cities around the world? 
And of course, we started, you know, um, in, in, in smaller, or, you know, started small. So in, in, we chose Berlin, for example, as one, and Amsterdam as one. Stockholm was also very early, London, of course. And then to branch out. Branch out. Now we are in 25 cities around the globe, from San Francisco over New York, in Tel Aviv, um, European countries to Singapore, Hong Kong. Wow. And um, community-wise, we have a, a Twitter channel which is highly followed. We have a weekly newsletter that's going out where we cover local local topics. So people that are applying content or applying technology locally with the goal to share it globally so that others see what's what's going on and what they can do with that. Very impressive, I think. Uh, it's, it's also because, uh, because all our conferences have always been from this need, okay? We love entrepreneurship, uh, we love um, purposeful disruption, innovation, stuff like that, um, uh, but we don't want to um, uh, talk about these like philosophical, maybe something will happen in, I don't know, 30 years, and uh, or also we're not the, um, the guys talking about the detailed tech solutions. We're all, we, we've always been really like, okay, how can we apply innovation technology um, to current uh, challenges, problems, and really deliver some kind of value to whoever the customer in that uh, context is. This has been the Pirate Summit, this has been Exec, etc. Always a very uh, practical Great approach. Events, and thank you very much. <laughs> um, the, the thing there is that with AI, it was always so some of mystic, uh, this kind of, nobody can really gra grasp it. What is it really? Everybody has a different different feel for it. So what I, what I like is to really pull it down and to really, okay, what can we do with it today? Mm -hmm. And I think that's, um, that's what you guys with City AI are, what I, what I understand the mission is. Trying to do. And I, I really think it's, it's very essential um, uh, we have discussed several times about all the, the same things about this fear monger and AI is coming and uh, you have uh, um, uh, a fairly laid, laid, laid back um, um, uh, opinion on that so, the, so let's say the fear mongering is overhyped let's put it like that I also think so but I think I'm, I'm a little bit more um, let's say um, uh, a little bit more. I, I don't have cautious. A, cautious, yeah. I don't have a really, uh, a really. I'm not that laid back. Let's uh, put it that way because I think it can go in 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 many ways. Um, but I but I but I really like that because that's what's really happening today. And I hope that when people understand it better, what's really possible today, also that will get more a rational view uh, on. Okay, what's really going to be the impact in the next three years. Nobody knows what's going to be the impact in the next 10, 10 to 20 years, and everybody knows that. But let's, let's, let's okay, this is really what's, what we can do today, uh, and let's, let's shape and create how we use this uh, all together. And that's also from, and I would say I somehow represent a little bit maybe the entrepreneurial community uh, from an entrepreneurial uh, perspective, that is um, uh, what our, also our task, and really apply them to good use and uh, to have this, well, I try to uh, to coin the term this purposeful mm. disruption in the end. Okay, let's let's see what are we actually doing with this. What effect will that have, etc. So, um, uh, can you uh, can you um, let's let's uh, let's uh, go into this uh, CDAI 
uh, thing and really the people that you meet there what is the what are the the real things the real AI technologies that we can apply today what what mm. startups are you excited about what problems mm. are they solving and, and how far is that really so I have to say that most most of the topics that are covered at these kind of let's say gatherings uh, and so forth are not the not really enlightening right because we don't talk about what can happen and what will be and kind of stuff so it's 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 basic things and i have to say that all these artificial talks about artificial intelligence um might you know there, there might be kind of not an ai winter but there will be some kind of um, you know, time where we in a couple of months maybe already or maybe in the next two, three years where we might take a step back and say, yeah, okay, it wasn't that exciting. Because through Hollywood and all these discussions in, in even in, you know, broad scale media, we are talking about this all along. And so basically the hype cycle, time, right? I think it's time to... I think it's, I think we were from a hype cycle at some point, we will get back to, to reality. Mm. Um, because, you know, we have this, I think there's not even one piece, you know, one, one industry or, or one kind of possible application that we have not discussed at some point, how, we, how AI can transform it in the future. Mm. Um, but let's let's look at what really has been transformed, and yeah. and if uh, I I really noticed a big shift in behavior mm -hmm. um, since Google Now, I'm an Android user. Yeah. Since Google Now, really voice has really increased. It's very practical, very, and there's no fear for me with that. Well, we can talk about data and stuff like that, right? But that's a different discussion, I think. But it's not like. It's, it doesn't, I don't think that it is AI anymore or right. machine learning or something. Yeah. It's just, I just use it and it's just, it's, it's useful. It's useful, it's valuable. I uh, dictate, um, if I send short messages in the car, I just dictate them, please call XYZ. Mm -hmm. I just use that, I use it as a, as a normal interface. Mm -hmm. Three years ago, I tried to use it. It really didn't. It really didn't work well. So um, there we see there is really technology fundamentally changing, um, or just really delivering value. And I think it's uh, and it's just very uh, good. The other thing is um, uh, image recognition. Mm -hmm. uh, really, the Google Google Photos. It's just crazy. Mm -hmm. It just all of a sudden it was it was there. You just type in beach. And you get pictures of yourself. It's, it's a little bit scary because it, mm -hmm. <laughs> the algorithms are really, really good. good. But, but they work. And um, we can have a lot of discussion about do we want our personal information to be, to be shared and processed mm -hmm. by the big tech uh, giants. Mm -hmm. um, but essentially, also in those cases, it, it really helps. Yeah. If I, I was uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I, my son wanted to know about the Egyptian uh, pyramids, mm. and I said, "Yes, I have uh, been there." Oh, do we have pictures? It would have taken me forever to Not go to through all the thousands of uh, pictures. I just typed in pyramids, Egypt, and I and I just had them. So it was very, it was, it's, it's a little bit of a miracle mm. that it really works. I never tagged the pictures, nothing. Yeah. But it just works. They are even not not tagged with um, with uh, location data. Yeah. So it's really it's really pure pure image recognition. So it works, yeah. it's really there are, there is tech mm. that we would describe as AI, ML, whatever, um, that is really fundamentally changing stuff today. And I think that's it's somehow a little bit magical. Humans are very good at accepting um, um, 
a new status quo and then taking it for granted, right? So we you know, we are quite quick at accepting that the news that is presented to us on the internet or the search results that we are that we're looking for that they fit to what we're actually looking for. We're not we're not used anymore to to basically go to page eight, nine, ten, eleven, or twelve in a search results to figure out if this is actually what we want because we expect it to be at the beginning um, at the in the first basically four or five results and. That's what's happening with, with technology, with AI technology as well. We expect that as soon, there's a time when, I think there was a TED talk by, by Fai-Fai Lee, the Stanford professor around mm-hmm. image recognition. Mm-hmm. I think it was two, two and a half, three years ago or something, where she talked about, you know, the major, the, the current issues of image recognition that, you know, this, this cat, famous cat example and mm-hmm. how difficult it is. These days now we have APIs that, that basically offer the same type amount of service. So just in a short period of time, we have matured uh, the usage of a specific type of technology quite quite dramatically, and this has a quite big impact. Um, the the issue or, or the challenges that we see is that you know there's the digital world, which is you know which is easier to disrupt or easier to influence and to change and there's the legacy world and this is I think where more or different types of technologies need to converge together and go back to, to blockchain right where it's great to have an AI system but somebody needs to control it does it I don't think that we actually need to have a, you know control about the decision power of AI but to give it put it into a framework where it can make decision on its own and the same goes for IoT IoT in itself, having sensors everywhere is a great idea. The data that we collect and to analyze it is actually just one discussion. But how these sensors will work together and actually you know, anticipate the environment and therefore react to this environment to, to you know, just dimming the light actually is a quite a tedious task not to be annoying because it has to work just as it has to before, has done before. Um, and one other thing that, that, we, that, that we have by adopting this technology today is that we have we have a maybe also for the hype we have a very high expectation of what it should do people have opinions and people seem to know exactly what 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 needs what a system need to uh, need to be able to do so if a system is not really working properly you know from day one and you know it's actually better than humans then we're dismissing and saying like this is actually dumb it's not smart but when taking an example um, of um, of a technology um, or of, of a use case where you had um, you basically replaced um, um, back to the fintech world or the introtech world where you replaced the claims processing mode um, with a system that suggested you know basically through tagging very simple what these claims are about and to to limit the process people say yeah, but it's not, it's, not, you know, it's not good enough. It's not replacing my work, right? So why should I use it? That it actually saves you hundreds of hours every year you know, per process, that it can be a huge cost saver for that, for it can increase efficiency, and that that can be drawn back to the customer in order to put additional, offer additional services, which is a benefit. That's then, you know, people say, yeah, okay, right? That that's, uh, sounds very similar to the uh, innovator's dilemma. Uh, yeah, dilemma by Clayton Christensen. Everything starts like, and it slowly eats its way up and slowly until it's so valuable that in the end, so okay, now I can really re- replace you. But uh, let's not talk about the job replacement uh, stuff <laughs> because we did that on uh, on a stage. 
and I think there will be uh, also a separate recording on on our uh, on our session. Um, I want to get. Uh, just because I'd like to do that with everyone to just get a little bit just, just some personal questions to get yeah. just uh, not concerning AI and stuff like that um, uh, you have two kids a wife a family live in uh, live in Austria work in uh, in the Netherlands um, and I think you also fly back back and forth um, most of the time you are all around the world uh, it seems so yesterday if you have been to Stockholm now you're you're in Berlin tomorrow you're probably in Holland or no, where no, no. you're in London so so yeah you're you're fairly busy so how do you um, and in the beginning you also said that you uh, want to also keep some kind of or have some kind of private or yes. quiet time to think how do you balance that and I, mm. I don't like the term work-life balance that much um, because at, at least for me it's it's um, it's not so black and white um, I think for a lot of entrepreneurs uh, um, it's it's like that but how do you how do you cope with that how do you balance the energy etc so for me, everything is, is life. It's my life and I have one of it. So I don't distinguish between work or private life per se. Of course, I need to focus my time on specific activities. That's, you know, consider doing something with my kids who I love. And on the other hand, also to my work, which I also like, right, very much. Otherwise, I wouldn't do it. And therefore, it needs to fit together. So the way of work needs to fit my personal life schedule and the other way around. And since my daughters are already eight and nearly seven, um, I do this whole entrepreneurial thing and, and venture thing and stuff with my family more or less since the beginning. So I was used to cope with this kind of, you know, cope with, with having this responsibility on the one hand with the family um, and the commitment that I gave to that. And to the other hand to see, okay, but I also have, an interest in, 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 you know, in this area of entrepreneurship or in this area of, of new technologies. And that's, in, I think often it seems like it doesn't fit well together. On the, um, on the other hand, or personally I've experienced that it actually fits quite well together. Um, I had a, so we, we are refurbishing our house right now in Austria and um, I had a discussion with my wife where we want to change something with the garages and uh, I told her you know what let's pick a bigger garden and cut out the guest parking spots because we don't need them right and she said of course we need them our kids will have cars in, in 10 years and I said, no they don't right they, they have autonomous driving and they don't own a car anymore and she said yes, shut the fuck up right Christoph let's go back to basic so I think it's a good thing to have to have this kind of balance of okay there's the real world and then there's the world where we are in the world that we are in the tech bubble it's a yeah i wouldn't say it's yeah you can consider it as a tech bubble which is more less negative attached usually i would consider it more as this also hybrid like around thought leadership we have a certain responsibility and back to ai i think it's our responsibility to educate the real world um, towards the issues towards the challenges and to become active and to shape it for the good as you said before and I have one one other question for you, uh, and I want to take a, take away the AI again, um, because somehow we always end up uh, in the tech AI space. Uh, how would you define personally for yourself success? What is success for you? If I had a fun and healthy day, 
in very short. So uh, my my that's day the definition. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the short term. The reason why is fun. I need to laugh and like what I'm doing. Um, you know, I wouldn't be sitting here if I wouldn't enjoy talking with you about these things. Um, and I'm very careful about my health uh, because it's it's you know we haven't figured out how to extend our life properly, how to define immortality kind of stuff. It comes to tech again. It comes to tech again. I was just about to say that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but that's very important to me. And also, you know, having kids, health has a different angle. That's why, you know, I sold my motorbike, for example, a couple of years back because I figured, okay, at least I should be able to remember if something happens, mm -hmm. right? Um, I'm pretty sure I will buy a motorbike again, my wife too, at some point. But she will buy one or she knows that you will buy one again? She will also buy one again. Oh, she we also both had one and okay. we, we both, uh, she also bought one um, actually the, a couple months before she got pregnant. And then, uh, okay. It was quite a, yeah, it, it was of course a very good coincidence that it happened. Um, but it's, it's, it's changed the way of what we wanted to do in, with this hobby, for example. My, my wife actually also uh, also also uh, rode the motorbike, yeah. or a, a motorbike, we don't have one anymore right now, <laughs> um, but she completely doesn't want to ride anymore um, at all. Um, Same here. <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind, yeah. I think, um, but what I really noticed that with having kids, my risk perception also changed, and totally. it's just, not really worth it anymore. I'm not really scared of any, any accident, but my wife would be scared a bit, I think. And it's just not something, I don't have the urge, I have to do this, otherwise I would do it. I'm still going skiing and do, do stuff like that and also go off piste and, and right? So a little bit uh, uh, do stuff that my wife shouldn't listen to right now. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's... Um, I just enjoy the feeling of, of, of the motorbike, uh, mm -hmm. to, to be on there because you have the helmet on. I, I didn't use a Bluetooth headset and kind of stuff to, to mm -hmm. talk. It was just, you know, from just the, this 10-15 minutes between the office and home, it was just you completely shut off and you yeah. have to focus on it because otherwise it's really dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I enjoyed. And this freedom to feel the air, to be outside, you know, we are usually more office people to be outside and to have this this physical activity that's that's a thing that I, that I love mm -hmm. and that's same with hiking or you know snowboarding and, and kind of yeah. stuff great that we are not ending on on tech so but but maybe uh, maybe a last question is there anything that I haven't asked that I should have asked anything that you haven't asked no what it's all fine. It's uh, then it might have I might have been no, fairly. I think we have been fairly terrible. broad and, yeah. uh, and fairly diverse in the topics. Yeah. What 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 urged you to invite me for this podcast? Well, um, I uh, this 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 whole uh, pirate podcast thing is we want to put individuals that have impact in the in the startup ecosystem. We want want to put them uh, give them like a like put them in the in the spotlight and uh, we want to get to know their their story because one of the one of the biggest hypotheses back in 2011 when we started the first pirate summit was that 
There are many people out there, not only the ones on stage who happen to be on stage mm -hmm. today, but many people also here that have a that have a story to tell, and we want to uh, we want to tell these stories and to just discuss and uh, we want to touch on content, but we also want to get to know the person behind it because mm -hmm. often um, you have these. You meet people, but you don't really know the context. And we want to dive a little bit deeper to uh, to get some understanding. And who knows? Maybe in half a year here, we'll we'll have you back, and uh, we we'll discuss uh, completely different things. And you'll have a motorbike again, <laughs> stuff That's like good. that. Let's then we see. go skiing. Let's see. Well, we go skiing together. It's I mean, yeah. half a year again. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cool. For sure. Um, thank you very very much to uh, to uh, do this uh, with me, and uh, thank you very much for coming to Exec, and uh, hope to to see you soon again. Thank you guys. Have a good day.